Uh, this year at Timothy Christian, the chapel theme is following Jesus or follow the leader. And so this year I've been thinking a lot about what it means to follow Jesus. And uh, so that's why we have this text this evening. I, I was reading this passage and I thought, oh, what a good passage about following Jesus. And so the scripture reading tonight is from Matthew chapter 4, uh, verses 18 to 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets, and Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. The word of the Lord. At school, part of my daily routine makes me, it makes me think about trees and discipleship. Just part of my daily routine. Because every day I have to log into a computer. Trees, logs, log into a computer, yes? Okay. And uh, our attendance now, of course, is online, the internet. And so here I am taking attendance. And after I mark absences, I have to press a button every day that says submit. And honestly, it just makes me think, submit. I, I hit that and I think, I need to submit to Jesus. It's kind of a little, a discipleship reminder that's built into the routine of my school day. As I uh, mentioned the chapel theme at Timothy Christian, uh, the, the theme verse uh, is, is not from this passage, but it's Luke 9, uh, 23. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to gain their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will gain it. Words of discipleship. This evening, for a few moments, I'd like us to reflect on discipleship, what it means simply to follow Jesus. First, I'm going to uh, explain this passage in a little more detail, and then I'd like us to think about looking to Jesus and then imitating Jesus. So first, explaining the passage. Uh, it's, of course, good to, to put stories in context. This, uh, this story comes the front end of, of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. Uh, what has happened right before this story? Well, Jesus begins his ministry, and he begins with humility. Humility. He goes to a relative of his, John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, you should be baptizing me. But Jesus says, no, John, you will baptize me. Humility. 
And then Jesus goes into the wilderness to fast for 40 days and uh, the testing, the tempting of the devil. Uh, Fasting puts you in a great state of physical weakness, but spiritual strength. And out of that, the baptism and the prayer and fasting for 40 days and the successful resisting of the devil's temptations, Jesus is now ready to formally begin the ministry that God the Father called him to. And so he begins to preach. He begins to preach about the kingdom of God. Now Jesus begins to preach where? In Galilee. Galilee is little area up north in the land of Israel. It's about 50 miles approximately, depending on where you draw the boundary, but about 50 miles north to south, about 30 miles east to west. As far as Illinois standards go, it's a relatively small area. Uh, some estimate, these are estimates, some estimate maybe about 300,000 people lived in Galilee around Jesus' time, and there were 200-plus villages and and towns and small cities in that area. Now, the main action, of course, was with the Jews in the south, around Jerusalem. These Jews had purer Jewish lineage than the, the folks up in Galilee. And the Jews in the south had at least in their opinion, a a purer, more orthodox form of Judaism because, of course, it was centered around the temple. And then, as as we know from the Bible, uh, the the Galileans had a little accent as well. So when they traveled down to Jerusalem, everybody could know, oh, you're from Galilee. can tell because your accent almost kind of a, of a put-down. This is the region where Jesus begins his ministry and calls his disciples. Now, the Sea of Galilee was about 13 miles north to south at its widest point, about uh, 8 miles, and interestingly, 700 feet below sea level, but still fresh water, not salt water like Uh, the Dead Sea. Now, in this story, we have Jesus and four men. We have Simon and Andrew and and James and John. Now, as as you put the Gospels together, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll read in John chapter 1 that Andrew and another disciple follow Jesus. And so when we come to Matthew Four, we know that Andrew had already briefly followed Jesus. And I, I should say, in John chapter 1, Andrew introduced Peter to Jesus as well. So Andrew and Peter were already known to Jesus before Matthew 4. Now, also in John 1, it says, Andrew and another disciple. Okay, most scholars think that other disciple is John. He just didn't name himself as I'm the other one. So it is very likely that Jesus had already had interaction with at least John and maybe James as well. So these four men were were fishermen. 
And uh, it is, again, it is thought that uh, back in the day, these fishermen would have these kind of circular nets, maybe 20 feet uh, in diameter, and there were lead weights around. And so they would cast the net into the water, and uh, it would just, the net would slowly go into the water, trapping fish, and then they had other ropes attached so they could, they could pull it up. This is a good guess, I, I suppose. Uh, what's so interesting is archaeologists found a, found a boat that's dated to the time of Jesus. I just think that's interesting. Um, I forgot to confirm this. I think it was buried in the mud, but I'm not sure. It was, it was buried in the mud, preserved, and, and, and they found it, and they've restored it. And uh, so it is it's very likely that the, the fishermen had a, had a boat that was about uh, 26 feet long. So... I should have brought my measuring tape. If it's from here, some of you would know better than I. Well, maybe, maybe to here. Say about 26, uh, 26 feet long was the boat. Uh, it, could, it could hold 15 people. Uh, so the stories about Jesus in the boat with his disciples are very plausible. Uh, and about seven and a half feet wide uh, with a central mast that came up that you put a, a sail on. So these fishermen, these uh, rough-and-tumble guys, this muscle and, and hard work, uh, they're out mending the nets. They have their boat there, and here comes Jesus. And Jesus issues a call. And what does he say? Those famous words that uh, we have sung when we were younger, I want to make you fishers of men. Genius, isn't it? Here they are, fishermen, and Jesus says, follow me. I'm going to transform your calling to fishers of men. It made me think that if Jesus walked along some uh, Dutch garbage men, what would, he, what, would, what would he say? Come follow me, and you will clean up the trash out of the human heart. It doesn't have the ring, but it's something. You, you get the point. Jesus was relating to them. And so uh, what did they do? What does the Bible say? This is amazing. It says, at once, they follow Jesus. And then with, with John and James, immediately, they left their jobs. And in John and James' case, at least, it mentions the dad, kind of the family business. Immediately, they left and they followed Jesus. So this is a, just a little uh, walk through this passage to help us uh, just think about a little bit more what was going on in the scene in Matthew chapter 4. Uh, now I'd like us to think about uh, a couple points about following Jesus. And uh, to introduce these uh, next two points, I, I need some help. Hmm. What I'd like to do, actually, is do a children's sermon in the middle of the sermon, not in front of the sermon. So rest, I'm not going to point any of you out. I already have my friends that are going to help me, okay? So come here. Okay, we've talked before. Now, to come up here so people can see you. Now, we are going to play a little game of follow the leader. So you need to line up behind me, okay? Now, you do what I do, okay? It won't be anything too crazy. Wait, can we move so you can see? No, you stand here. 
there and you stand there. So now you can see me, okay? So you have to do exactly what I do, okay? Are we ready? Here we go. Okay. Okay, there we go. Oh, I changed. Oh, knees. Here we go. Stop. All right. Oh, and you go like this. All right. Very good. Very good. Thank you very much. Play follow the leader. Did a great job. Now, what, what did those three do in order to, to play this game correctly? Very simply, they did two things. They looked at me, and they imitated me. It, it's kind of obvious, but it's, it's important. They looked at me, and they imitated me. When we follow Jesus, we need to look to Jesus. We need to imitate Jesus. And so I'd like to make just a few comments about looking to Jesus and imitating Jesus. Uh, looking to Jesus. Now, when you think about the disciples, when they had kind of a, a crisis of faith, usually it was they were not looking to Jesus. I, I think of the disciples on the stormy sea. Oh, they, they forgot about Jesus. They were just screaming for dear life and we're going to drown. Okay? And, then, and then here comes Jesus saying, it's all right. Have, have faith. It's, it's all right. I think of the, the arrest of Jesus, and, uh, well, they, didn't look, they ran. Okay? They weren't looking at Jesus. They're, we're getting out of here, uh, which was on their mind. When you think about the apostle Peter uh, and the stormy sea, uh, Peter walks on the water, which, who would even think of that? I, I would not have thought of, of that. Jesus, let me come out on the water. But Peter did. And uh, the passage says Peter looked at Jesus, and he was fine. And then he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to sink. Uh, the disciples, though, had amazing faith. And, and they looked to Jesus. Uh, they left their jobs and their families in order to follow Jesus. Uh, they were with Jesus and looked to Jesus in Galilee during the height of Jesus' popularity where thousands of people came. And they, they were there when Jesus spoke the Sermon on the Mount. They were there in the, the excitement of, of healing the sick and casting demons out of people. They were looking to Jesus. They also were, were looking to Jesus during the confusing and tense times. Like when Jesus said, take up your cross. I really wonder, we, we don't know, but I wonder what was going through their minds when Jesus said, take up your cross. I mean, the cross was a cruel torture instrument invented by Rome, and Rome was an oppressive form of uh, a foreign occupier of the land, and crosses were awful. And then Jesus says, take up your cross. What does that mean? Uh, they were with Jesus when Jesus harshly rebuked the respected leaders of the day, the Pharisees. They were with Jesus and looked to Jesus when Jesus strangely 
helped a Roman soldier whose child was sick. Why would Jesus help a, help a Roman soldier? Why would Jesus cast the money changers out of the temple and create such chaos in the temple? So the disciples, although they had their moments of lack of faith, they really kept their eyes on Jesus. And so I asked the question, how do we look to Jesus? How do we look to Jesus? And as I thought about that, looking to Jesus means letting go. Looking to Jesus means letting go. Yes, we have to work hard in life and put forth great effort, but too often we can stress over an uncontrollable situation. Something that we want to fix and we simply cannot. And in those times, I think Jesus is looking at us with loving eyes, saying to us, take a breath and let go. Just look to me. And so the, the question must be asked, what areas, what areas of your life do you need to simply let go and trust in God? What areas of your life do you simply need to let go and trust in God? Looking to Jesus. Letting go. And then imitating Jesus. Imitating Jesus. Jesus sets an example for the disciples. Of course, so much could be said here. I'm, I just want to focus on, on just a few things. First, people matter. People matter. The least respected people in society, they too so much matter to God. Children back then were, you know, they were dismissed. And when children came to Jesus, oh, get away from Jesus. He's too busy. He has important things with the adults. And what did Jesus say? No, no. The children are important. Let them come to me. A woman, yes, she did very wrong. She was so damaged in her heart. She was looked down upon by, by others. And, and this, this, this woman comes to Jesus seeking, well, a, a fresh start, redemption, forgiveness. And Jesus does not dismiss her. He looks at her with, with eyes of compassion and ministers to her because she mattered. Uh, even the, the good-for-nothing Samaritans and the despised Gentiles received attention from Jesus. So we can learn by imitating Jesus and learning that people matter. And what people does God bring into our lives that he is calling us to love in Christ's name? And then, uh, imitating Jesus means surrender to God's will. 
surrender to God's will. We can't negotiate with the Lord. He calls us to be a living sacrifice, to surrender. And Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, grounded his ministry in dependence upon God the Father in daily prayer. If, if Jesus lives in such a way, how much more should we, this, this lifestyle of humility and of surrender? Think about what the disciples saw. They saw Jesus, the Lord, Jesus, kneel down and wash their dirty feet. And even more so, and the disciples understood this later, but they saw Jesus, they saw Jesus washing their sins away through his suffering and death on the cross. Talk about the chief surrender to God's will. Jesus struggled with this in the Garden of Gethsemane. I will follow your will, O God. Surrender to God's will. As we apply this to our lives, I'd like to read a passage from Philippians. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as that of Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so we are called to follow Jesus' example. It is simple, and yet we feel it is risky, don't we, at times? I mean, the, the disciples, certainly, they had a lot of risk in, in following Jesus. And it is often hard for us to completely submit, but that is the call of the disciple. I think of these words, surrender, submit, sacrifice, and service. This is how we answer that call, come, follow me. And also we need to keep the mission central. Think about this. There was the initial commission at the Sea of Galilee, and then before Jesus ascended into heaven, there was the Great Commission. There was the, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men, and then there was, all authority in heaven on, and on earth has been given me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus called them at the beginning and he released them to continue into that call to establish the church in the world. Well, this evening, I, I didn't ask for all of you to 
follow me around the sanctuary playing follow the leader. But Jesus is asking us, calling to us to follow the leader. He says, come, follow me. And Jesus is with you. Do you believe it? Do you believe that providentially, sovereignly, God will bring all things according to his will so we can, we can be at peace as we take that risk to surrender our lives and to follow Jesus? My friends, uh, this week, from this passage, I just make a simple call to you and to myself. It is to look to Jesus. It is to imitate Jesus.